Now they make me movies in old black and white With a happy endings where nobody fights So if you find yourself in that nostalgic rage Honey, jump right up and show your age I wish you had a pencil thin mustache The Boston Blackie kind Two-tone Ricky Ricardo jacket And an autographed picture of Andy Devine I remember being buck tooth and skinny Writing fan letters to Sky's knees penny Oh, I wish I had a pencil thin mustache Then I could solve some mysteries Welcome to the Tom Dupree Show. Joining us, Chad Sturgill, Mike Johnson, our host, Tom Dupree, and we are powered by Dupree Financial Group. So, in 1974, I was a freshman at the University of South Swanee, Tennessee, and there was a lot of music that was sort of exploding. Uh, You had Bruce Springsteen. He, He ended up on the front cover of both Time and Newsweek. Uh, you had a number of things that had sort of been given their genesis in the late 60s, early 70s that were really kicking in. And, and this was all the lead up to disco. So, But disco hadn't happened yet. That was my senior year. But this album is called uh, Living and Dying in Three Quarters Time. And it was really kind of Jimmy Buffett's coming onto the scene. And uh, I don't think anybody could really pigeonhole him at that point. He hadn't really gotten into that Caribbean sort of uh, thing. Although the front of this album shows him sitting on a sunken boat somewhere probably in Mobile Bay or something, and the the bow is sticking up out of the water and it's an old rotted boat and he's sitting on the front of it the name of the boat is good luck i don't know what that oh, is that what what the, yeah well <laughs> anyway the subliminal meaning so at was. this time jimmy buffett was uh playing at a place on the dog river which flows into the east side of mobile bay uh sorry west side west side of mobile bay the kind of grungy side. Um, it's right on the Dolphin Island Parkway. It just goes south from Mobile down to Dolphin Island. And he he was playing right across the river from where the Dog River Marina is in, in the Mobile Yacht Club. For <laughs> To say the Mobile Yacht Club is, <laughs> well, there ain't many yachts there, I'll say that. Uh, but the point is, he that's kind of where he got going. And... You know, the guy was destined to do great things. It's so obvious. I couldn't have known it by that album. It was a good album, but I thought, you know, this guys he's going to be like Tom Paxton or somebody, you know, sort of a folky type singer. 
who would have ever thought that the guy would have gotten as big as he did. But um, we'll play another song from it that's some you've, one you've probably heard of. But anyway, I mean, that's interesting how you see people develop in, in their musical career. Right. Well, and I think it was last week we were talking about it some, but the, the just the the whole enterprise that he built <clears throat> around, you know, is uh, just – that perception of you know what 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 turned out you know ultimately to be kind of that uh you know the parrot head thing um and just how he built it from ground up and it was fascinating let me tell you what really put him on the map um he 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 put out uh an album probably in the early 80s i don't remember the name of it hurricane or tornado or something and it had an album on there. It had a song on there called Fins. And it starts with the line, she came down from Cincinnati. Hmm. That was it. And that was that was the song. Uh, somebody said over 30 years, Jimmy Buffett played 54 sold-out shows at Riverbend. And it was the same in Atlanta, and other places that 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 was like for jimmy buffett that was like the ipod for apple you know that that one song yeah because it developed um a following in the midwest and that was it it was all she wrote yeah people my age younger slightly older you know and um, that was it. I mean, they were. I went to one Jimmy Buffett show at Riverbend. They all showed up with the, you know, parrot head costumes on. It was it was like the Rocky Horror Picture Show or something. <laughs> but uh, you know, it's it's interesting how certain things define people's careers, and um, it, it just is fascinating. All right, let me pick up here. Uh, and I will get this in just a second. Here we go. Psalm 73. Truly, God is good to Israel, to those who are pure in heart. But as for me, my feet had almost stumbled. My steps had nearly slipped. For I was envious of the arrogant when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. For they have no pangs until death their bodies are fat and sleek they are not in trouble as others are they're not stricken like the rest of mankind therefore pride is their necklace violence covers them as a garment for all I've skip ahead to verse 14 for all the day long I've been stricken and rebuked Every morning, if I had said, I will speak thus, I would have betrayed the generation of your children. But when I thought how to understand this, it seemed to me a wearisome task until I went into the sanctuary of God. Then I discerned their end. Truly, you set them in slippery places. You make them fall to ruin, how they are destroyed in a moment. 
swept away utterly by terrors. That's from Psalm 73. Now, two things there. Beware of feeling envious of people that you think are getting ahead of you and, you know, doing things in a way that perhaps isn't the right way to do things. There will come things that will push themselves in front of you and you will believe because everybody's doing it and you feel weak to resist. But in that case, always try to follow common sense. You know, don't go the route that everybody is telling you to go because I have found in this business over the years that you have to be very careful to beware of fads. It looks like all the cool people are doing this. Everybody who's in the know is going a certain way. Now, I'm going to talk specifically about electric vehicles. I believe that there's a tipping point, and I'm going to tell you some of the things that I'm basing this on. Number one, there's an article, CNBC, just last night, talked about persistently high interest rates in specifically Germany, which has had the most ambitious, quote, switch to green energy of maybe any developed nation. And what's happening is that they were going to use Russian natural gas as sort of a bridge fuel to get them to the point where they thought they would be completely unreliant on fossil fuels. So a few things. Number one, the president of Lufthansa said that if his jets comply with all the German green energy mandates that they would consume half of the electricity generated by Germany. That's an airline, you know, that's, that's maybe, I don't know, three, 4% of the economy. That's, that's Lufthansa. The other thing that's beginning to happen is persistently high interest rates in Germany because what they are finding out is that this switch to uh, green energy is creating an embedded cost of the higher-priced, quote, green energy that's going to be three to four times or maybe higher what fossil fuels were costing. And this is going to get embedded into their economy. And you're going to have inflation that's going to be there because of this transition. There, there, there's... You, you can't get rid of that embedded cost. It's going to be there. It's going to keep their inflation rate higher. Now, the only place in the U.S. that has really done this and bit off on it the way Germany has is California. California is an absolutely integral part of our economy. But the other thing, I'm going to make a prediction. Elon Musk said the other day that the uh, UAW strike is going to potentially bankrupt the big three automakers. 
I would say no, Elon. It's their forced conversion to electric vehicles. That will bankrupt the big... Now, he he's not going to say that because he's Tesla. I have a prediction. You can, people can poo-poo what I'm saying. I don't give a rat's you-know-what. I believe that this big battery factory that they're building over south of Elizabethtown on I-65 for Ford, I think... It's never going to open. It will never go into operation. That's my belief. And, you know, I hope all the contractors get paid because, <laughs> you know, there's a lot of people putting a lot of money into it. But I don't believe that it it can work. And um, I, I, if you just look, I don't know anybody that's saying, I'm going to go out and buy an electric pickup truck. You know, uh, just nobody. And how these people that are the management of these companies have bit off on this, it it's just mind-boggling to me that they really believe that this can work. There's no way it can work. It, it can't work under the most ambitious of circumstances. We'll never be able to generate that kind of uh, electric power and deliver it, and it is the absolutely most inefficient way to deliver power. you got to burn BTUs to do it. That's coal, that's natural gas, whatever. Could be nuclear, but nobody seems to want that. And then that's an inefficient process because it cre- every time heat is created, you lose electricity. Every- it goes through the wires, more heat. I mean, you're lucky if you're getting 8 or 9% by the time it goes into the car. And then that's got inefficiencies because no motor is 100% efficient. Otherwise, it wouldn't generate any heat. And uh, I just can't see it working. So, What was it you were saying that to pull a boat with one of the electric Ford trucks that you got 100 miles? Yeah, on the, and the, the, I think the battery's three or 4,000 pounds. I don't know. It's huge. And then it takes a guy said two or three hours to charge it. If towed a yeah. boat down to the lake or something, you get about 100 miles if you put that kind of stress on the thing. There's not a way to get enough power out of a battery, you know, to do that. You can't do it. And if you think about, if you think about the internal combustion engine, the way they are today they generate relatively a small amount of heat compared to the amount of torque that they deliver. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, I, I say I think anybody in the auto- automotive business, it ought to be full speed ahead on improving fossil fuels of any kind, technology of, of, of engines, making them better, get a new diesel out. I mean, you know, every manufacturer, the, the way that diesel engines are, de- are designed, everyone's di- different. I mean, every diesel engine looks a little different because it's a compression system. It's not a spark plug. The greenies would have a fit. Actually, diesels are very green, and they were developed by a guy that was green, and he wanted to use vegetable oil 
in all the diesel engines anyway. Well, and even the hybrid engines, you know, incorporating yeah. the electric. When we were we were traveling about a month ago, we rented a uh, it was a hybrid Jeep. Never driven one before, and they're cool. It was. It was impressive the performance on that thing. It was you get impressive. on a flat space of interstate and it's a four cylinder and the thing turns off and you're running and on the that battery. that torque. Yeah, and the the torque was amazing, just in, instantaneous. You yeah, know, like a golf cart. You know, same concept. Yeah. Um. So I mean, the the technology you know, it's incorporated. See that those, I have no problem. That's with. the that's how technology. That's the progression of. But technology. you're generating the power for the battery off the engine, not exactly. through pulling it through an electric wire. Exactly. You know, so, any, anytime you have the mandates of it has to do this, you're bypassing just the the efficient flow of technology, how it's supposed to be. If you look at our country, you look at how really stupid ideas have gotten elevated to being sort of the common wisdom. And, you know, I, I don't know that people are really that stupid. I think that the average person sees it all and they don't, know what they can do to push back. Sometimes what you just have to do is keep doing things that make sense instead of adopting things that don't make sense. And I mean, I, I mean, you guys got stuff. We'll, we'll do it in the next hour, half hour. I mean, we can cover some of that. It's just, I had to get on this rant, uh, because I see naturally, you know, persistently high interest rates, and the economy has stayed somewhat strong, although there are things that are beginning to show cracks. Of course, we were saying that a year ago. Um, you know, whether it's really going to... No, and if you look, all the economists, they're all over the board. Soft landing, not soft landing. Stagflation. Yeah, yeah. all of it. Yeah. Fiscal cliff. <laughs> and uh, they... And that's really a thing now fiscal cliff yeah i mean you know it's, but we've had it before well that was 15 years ago wasn't it or back in yeah it was yeah early 2000 i mean you know there, there have been a number of things for many many years and one of the things that you began to benefit from is having been in the business and you you know you've been in it and you too chad and times that have been fascinatingly weird at times but you've learned things and you you observe the only way you learn is to observe that's it i mean if you come into something thinking that you know what the answer needs to be that's right you're ultimately history will dispose of you yeah you will get disposed of go ahead humans are their own worst enemy on that we have behavioral biases that affect all of our decisions and uh, as much as we like to think we're rational and, and open-minded about things, we really aren't. So uh, it's a it's a constant battle to try to make sure that you keep an open mind and pay attention to the data as opposed to having the data, only selectively choosing the data that supports your viewpoint. So, uh, But you, you won't learn if you don't pay attention to the, to the data. I think a lot of people don't want to learn. You're right. I mean, yeah. it's they think they that learning is really like a foreign thing. I, I, I know what I think and I really don't want anybody to disturb the way I think. Well, and it, I mean, that's, that's human nature. It's, you know, you, it's easier to go on your emotions where you don't have to think, you know, you just, your, your guts telling you this, that's the easiest path. But a lot of times that's the exact opposite of what you need to be doing. Yeah. 
you know. I agree. And you have a contrarian viewpoint. I mean, I think that's healthy to have a contrarian viewpoint because if you don't have that mindset, I don't. I think you're less likely to question the data or less mm-hmm. li- likely to pay attention to the to the information. So, uh, you know, history doesn't contrarians repeat, are always lonely. Yeah. When when they come out with something contrary, they, people, especially people that, you know, if you come out with an idea that is so different from what a lot of people are thinking, they feel like you've betrayed them, you know, by giving voice to that idea. But I mean, what you're trying to do is save them for their in, from their insanity. Well, and you have the to the extreme, you have some people that are contrarian as kind of their marketing ploy. Uh, you look at some of these, uh, you know, short sellers, you know, these people that come Rand out Paul. with <laughs> and, he's and, built a whole career and they're, they're contrarian, but not to, they're, they're not actually, you know, logical thinking through things. They're just making these, you know, kind of outlandish statements. You see it all the time in the investment business. Well, um, because if they're right, then they can say, they've got Hey, some kind of thing like a newsletter yeah, or something. Exactly. You know, then, Hey, I was right on this. Yeah. You know, I was wrong 45 other times, but who's the guy with don't Morgan matter. Stanley that they call him Gandalf and, and, Oh, I, Wiki or I'll tell you next segment. Yeah. All right. You've been listening to the Tom Dupree Show with Mike I'm Johnson, Chad Sturgill, and our host, Tom Dupree. This is our financial hour. We're down to an hour today. We're right before the pregame for UK uh, football versus Florida. You've been listening to the Tom Dupree Show. We'll be back in just a few minutes. Stay tuned. This is Tom Dupree at Dupree Financial Group. Our primary concern is getting you through retirement with enough money. In retirement, your monthly expenses don't go away. That's why we focus on investments that pay either monthly or quarterly income. Many folks have no idea of how to tap their retirement accounts for monthly income. We'll show you how. We have 45 years of experience providing income-oriented investments. For a free review of your retirement investment accounts, call Dupree Financial Group at 859-2330-400. Also, be sure to listen to the Tom Dupree Show Saturday mornings on News Radio 630 WLAP. That's Dupree Financial Group at 859-233-0400. Heading up to San Francisco For the Labor Day weekend show I got my hush puppies on I guess I never was meant for glitter rock and roll And honey, I didn't know That I'd be missing you so Come Monday, it'll be alright Come Monday, I'll be holding you tight I spent four lonely days in a brown early haze And I just want you back by my side 
Yes, it's been quite a summer Rent a cars and westbound trains And now you're off on vacation Something you tried to explain And darling, it's I look so That's the reason I just let you go Come Monday, it'll be alright Come Monday, I'll be holding you tight I spent four lonely days in a brown L.A. haze And I just want you back by my side I can't help it, honey You're that much a part of me now Remember that night in Montana when we said there'd be no room for doubt. Welcome back to the Tom Dupree Show for our financial hour. Joining us, Mike Johnson, Chad Sturgill, our host, Tom Dupree, and we are powered by Dupree Keep that Financial song Group. Um, and we're powered by Dupree Financial Keep Group. Keep that song playing. <laughs> so, one thing about Jimmy Buffett. You can hear in the songs marimba in the background, um, kind of a xylophone. Ooh. It's, and then, of course, pedal steel, which would make you think he was a country. There's, there's a marimba right there. Turn it up. Right it's a marimba. I think that's what it's called. It's, it's like a xylophone. Yeah. And my dad had one. When we were in Harlem, little kid, he bought a xylophone. Tried to learn how to play it. They even have them that are electronic or electric that have these pipes, and it's like a Leslie organ. You know the thing. You know how Leslie yeah. works with the thing that's going around. That's called. It's not a xylophone. It's a vibraphone, but it's like a xylophone that has. Um, it's like these exhaust pipes that makes it almost sound a little pedal steelish. Mm-hmm. Never saw one of those. I, I've not in person. I've never seen one in person. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard of them and I've seen videos of them. You're not really sure they exist. <laughs> it could be a fabric of somebody's imagination. <laughs> anyway, that song was really a hit for him. Probably his first real hit. And uh, I think the song came out in 73, but the album with the song on it came out in 74. Anyway, you know, I'm just thinking back. I mean, you get like, uh, we got plenty of time to do Jimmy Buffett, David Crosby. You know, we can do uh, uh, Robbie Robertson over time. All right, hit it. Marimbas are ridiculously expensive. Gandalf is Marco Kalanovic. Yeah, that dude is... I mean, he, he's never in doubt. He may not always be right. A new Yamaha marimba costs about 2500 bucks today. Didn't know that. I wonder if it's any good, though. That's a Yamaha. Yeah. Um, so, well, what's a wonder what a vibraphone is? All right, it will look later. Um, there was an article. There's two two big topics I want to touch on. Um, the, the first one was an article. Uh, it was of uh, CNBC but it was really, really good. Um, 
it was a 68 year old who unretired and shares the four biggest retirement myths that more people need to talk about. Um, I, I thought it was just really, really good how they laid this out. Um, and we, we see this all the time, people that we talk with and just in this industry, especially, uh, but the, the, first myth uh, is that life follows a linear path. That's cool. It does exist. Vibes. They call them vibes. Yeah. How much? Uh, Like six grand. Wow. 3,800. Okay. It's on sale, right? (laughs) (laughs) So life follows a linear path. Yeah. Um, And everybody listening can identify with this, that you know, you don't, it's not just you get an education, get a job, get married, retire, and then there yeah, you go. That's it. Everybody knows you've experienced it, um, but you still, everybody has that notion that that's what's going to happen. And so you go into it, even though you know it's not the case, that's still your expectation. And if you, even early, the earlier you yeah. acknowledge that that's not going to be the case, you can plan that life isn't necessarily going to be linear that life is not you're not going to be like everybody else because everybody else isn't like everybody else exactly um and and the idea of nobody has a completely normal life everybody thinks there's this normal life out there and then you start talking to people well this happened and that happened yeah And, and it's like oh really you know everybody is different and you learn that in this business yeah so let's not think in terms of everything being exactly the way everything is supposed to be because we don't know how it's supposed to be until it happens. That's right. It's interesting. The only normal is abnormal. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that that that's reminds really me of uh, that is really young, young Frankenstein, the movie Young Frankenstein. Abby normal. I don't know if you remember that or not. <laughs> they puts the brain in there. It's not normal. It's Abby normal. Anyway. Um, God. So life is not linear. <laughs> Markets are not linear. Right. Um, you have things that deviate, uh, and you you plan you try to plan around that, um, and you you set up guardrails uh, on the planning, and then you have an investment thesis. Um, the <laughs> other myth. Good luck with that. No, I'm just kidding you. <laughs> the it's other myth: you can't teach an old dog new tricks. That is a total lie. Completely we've, wrong. We've seen it in we've person it. that. You have experience in something. You know, you may have had a a, a career, a su- successful career in something. It could be professional or whatever it could be. Um, you can apply those skills or learn new skills uh, when you're. We see it in our own company. You know that we have someone here who yeah. was a mother for a long time, and now she's gotten back into the workforce and learning all kinds of new things. You know, it's happening with you, Elizabeth. I mean, it. the thing of it is, and let me tell you something. Don't be special. I'm going to say this to women right now because don't be pigeonholed by people's expectations of what your role needs to be. You can do a lot of stuff. The biggest limitation that anybody has is their own mind. It's their own definition of themselves. 
And and that needs to be pushed at the limits frequently. Yeah. I think it's overcoming fear too. I mean it's fear's their, a huge, their limitation fear is, is a huge limiting factor. Right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the brain's a muscle that you need to exercise. Right. Um, and, you know, you do that by learning, challenging yourself. We were talking about, you know, last half, thinking, uh, critical thinking, challenging the norms, not just going on emotion, but actually thinking about things critically. Um, another myth, uh, your 20s and 30s are the best years of your life. And Well, for some things. <laughs> physically, probably true. Well, maybe, maybe not. I mean, I, I guess if you're, I guess if that's you're easy sloth, for me to say, right? If you're a sloth in your in your twenties, and then you get into fitness in your forties, then that's. I don't accurate. remember a lot of things, you know, that happened in my. Well, I did. I moved to Houston. I was twenty-seven years old, and that was fun. I mean, it was a challenge uh, because I was. I'd never been anywhere and done much. Yeah. And I had to learn how to do life in a new town by myself and do a lot of things. And I liked it. I don't think one, one gender or one decade is better than the other. I think they're all phases of life yeah. mm-hmm. and you got to embrace the phase of life where you are. But that's an easy thing to say when you're in your fifties, right? When you're when you're looking ahead, you think that fifty is old. But no, when, when, you get to when 50, you're in you know your it's not when old. you're in your twenties, you think you know it all. Is what it is. Well, that's, that's true. You got yeah. the world by the tail. I know some people in their fifties that think they know it all. Well, they're still in a there. There are a few phases behind then, right? <laughs> this last one, uh, it's it's it, it, it sounds a little morbid, but you have to take it in context. Um, there's no point in thinking about death, as is the myth. Like I said, it sounds morbid, but what it is, it's it's realizing your own mortality exactly. and living life to your fullest potential. Right. Um, because nobody's guaranteed tomorrow. Um, and so the idea of grinding it out in some job that you're unhappy with, um, you know. I'm not laughing. I'm- <laughs> I'm laughing because that's what I did for a long time. I mean, you yeah. know, I, it's just the way people make themselves think in order to endure something that's uncomfortable. Right. Um, so it, it's know that life, it's um, it's not a, a straight path. You know, things happen. And in investing, you see that all the time. You know, things change in markets, things change, interest rate, all this stuff that we talk about, things change. It's not a constant, just like life. Uh, And that's why having that dynamic plan, the dynamic uh, investment approach, that's why it's so important because things do change. Um, This, let me add one thing to that. I think a lot of the, you talk about the, those myths uh, it, when it relates to investing i think a lot of the concern or a lot of what gets people in trouble is the fear of missing out they see what's on the financial right. news they see the s&p 500 is up this much and then they start wondering am i up that much but what they really should be doing is just reframing the the their situation i yeah. mean what matters is is 
are their goals being accomplished? Right. Are, are we getting the yep. income generated that's why that we it's need, important to have goals? One of the things that I've noticed with a lot of our clients, we have a number of people who have brought in uh, accounts from company retirement plans, which was accumulated over decades. And typically uh, the people would have a portion of their paycheck deposited every couple of weeks or what have you. And it would go into mutual funds and buy those funds at whatever the market price was that day. Down markets actually was their friend because they buy more shares because they were cheaper because they're putting a constant dollar value in. The point being, they didn't really need an advisor for that. And they didn't, in many cases, they did not have one. And because it was this idea that, you know, markets will go up ultimately. You just keep putting your money in. Everything's going to be fine. And guess what? That's kind of how it's worked out for many of them. So then you transition to this thing called retirement which we got to really redefine what that means because it, it shouldn't mean you just go to Florida and play pickleball the rest of your life. I mean, I don't think that works. And I think a lot of people figured out that that doesn't work. But nonetheless, it can and often is a time when you're not drawing a, 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 the kind of salary you were before. So the money you've accumulated – you want to call it retirement money, that's fine. Needs to be uh, positioned in a different way. Number one, you don't have that job where you were putting money in every two weeks mm -hmm. or a month. So the money's not going into it like it was. And probably money's coming out of it. And when you get to be 70 and a half, it has to come out of it. 73 now. 73. Yep. Okay. Golly. Wow. I'm way behind. <laughs> All right. Then you say to yourself, well, what needs to be different? Well, now uh, down markets are not your friend anymore. They're your enemy. Uh, how could we set up the account so that we didn't have to liquidate in up and down markets? This is where you might need an advisor. Now, if you want to do the research yourself and just say, oh, okay, well, I'm just going to switch out of gross stocks into stuff that pays an income, but what kind of stuff that pays an income and what kind of income? We're talking dividends. We're talking uh, interest. What are we talking? And so now we have to craft a portfolio made out of different kinds of securities that give us different kinds of, of income streams that are not entirely correlated. They'll be somewhat correlated because it's going to be governed by interest rates, but or at least affected by interest rates. And so, therefore, now we're in a different game. That's the thing that a lot of people don't even completely realize that they're in. And they don't know what can be done, you know, in order to make that principle produce income. Mm -hmm. That's where we come in. Or another advisor that, that, that tries to uh, instruct you 
in in doing that. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and considering that the there's a lot of anxiety, there's a lot of worry that goes into, uh, I guess, the process of retiring, where people think, "Am I going to outlive my money?" Or they worry about that. Do they? Will they have enough? And that's well, they worry about outliving their money if yep. they're liquidating it. Right. Well, that's, that's where you it. worry about outliving your money is if you're if you're treating your money like a checking account. Right. That that's the only reason to worry about it because if you set it up to where it'll pay you a dividend coming out of the principal, you're not gonna you're not gonna outlive your money. Right. If, I mean, if, unless your expenses no. just go through the roof. Well, if they go through okay. the roof right. and then you start having to liquidate on top of taking. But I'm just uh, I'm trying to emphasize it's a it's a financial um, worry or financial issue to to resolve, but it also takes a lot of. Uh, the anxiousness, the anxiety out of your retirement because you know you don't have to worry about it. Well, You've got the income coming in. Real world example here. Um, so year to date, and everybody's. Uh, wh- ha- why do we always look arbitrarily like year to date? It's like that that doesn't have much bearing, but that's just what they do. But year to date, for example, this is what the media. So you're pushes doing it. it. I know <laughs> I'm doing it because everybody else is doing it. Why are there? I don't know. Mike's a uh, so year <laughs> it's to not date. Normal. It's Abby normal. <laughs> yeah, year to date, uh, the Nasdaq. Is up twenty six percent. The S and P five hundred is thirteen percent. The Dow's up nine point six. Um, the or excuse me, the Dow's up three percent. International's up nine point six. And on the, uh, Russell's real, up two percent. Sorry, just real quick on the Nasdaq. Year to date, eighty eight percent of the return is attributed to seven stocks right. that are in that index. Eighty eight percent. But that's what the media's that that's all the headlines year to date the market has done this let's put that in context so from the high which roughly was december 31st of 2021 before last year to put it in context here the russell 2000 is still down about 19 percent the nasdaq is still down about 15 percent from that high water mark the, from, from the oh. from December thirty first of twenty twenty one. Yeah, still down. So you, they, they're touting this. You know, year to date, you've had this return. Yeah, but it's still Bottom down. Line, it hadn't done much of it. Yeah, the 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 best one is the the Dow. Uh, or no, uh, yeah, the Dow, which is down three percent from its high. Now, you look from twenty, basically the start of twenty twenty two through today. What has been given as an opportunity? Income. Because even on a growth portfolio, these, these indexes that, you know, they, they quote at day-to-day movement, you know, X amount up year-to-date, they've not done anything since right. the end of 2021 through today. And you're counting income generated by those indices. That's right. Uh, That's total that return. Number. Right. Yeah. But the market has given you the opportunity during that time, and this is what we've done for our clients, is to increase their income generation. So the market value is fluctuating, but we've been able to significantly increase that income generation. Part of that is because the huge bear market that's occurred in bonds really over the past 20 months, Mm -hmm. if you will, and you've had a massive increase in interest rates. I mean, even cash which was paying you at the end of 2021, yeah. effectively zero. Right. Um, today is five plus on a money market fund, riskless. And some people are saying, oh, you ought to only be in cash. And 
you know, that's typically what somebody says after things have kind of done stuff that you don't want it to do. That's right. So it's given an opportunity to increase the income generation of a portfolio. And if you're drawing on it or getting ready to start doing that, you know, that's what we've talked about before, converting a growth portfolio because you're not dollar cost averaging in anymore. Now you're starting to take the distributions, converting that into an income generator. All right, that's a wrap for this week. And the other thing, let me say it quickly. It's not that hard to do, but you got to talk to somebody. It doesn't cost you anything to come see us. 859-233-0400. Just call us. Set an appointment. Come in. It ain't that hard. You can schedule directly on our website at DupreeFinancial.com. You've been listening to the Tom Dupree Show with Chad Sturgill, Mike Johnson, and our host, Tom Dupree. We appreciate you listening to our financial hour. That's the reason I just let you go.